Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barak ala al-ashrafil anbiya ve mursilin. Nebiyyina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem teslima kathira. Amma ba'd. Elhamdülillah. We continue with our explanation of umdat ahkam. And we are on the next hadith which is hadith of um, of Uthman ibn Affan. And it is an an Humran Mawla Uthman ibn Affan. And Uthman da'a bi wudu'in. So it mentions how Humran was the servant of Uthman ibn Affan that Uthman radiallahu anhu yani he asked for يعني وضوء الوضوء يعني يسمى potential for water for for يكون وضوء فأفرغ على يدي من إنائه فغسلهما ثلاثا مرات ثلاثا مرات ثم أدخل يمينه في الوضوء ثم تمضمض واستنشق واستنثر ثم غسل وجهه ثلاثا ويديه إلى مرفقين ثلاثا ثم مسح برأسه ثم غسل كلتا رجلي ثلاثا ثم قال رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم توضأ نحو الوضوء هذا ثم قال من توضأ نحو الوضوء هذا ثم صلى ركعتين لا يحدث فيهما نفسه غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه. And so this narration mentions that Uthman ibn Affan brought forth the water and washed his hands within the utensil three times. And then he placed his right hand within it, like the, the utensil, and made the model that was tinshak. So he gargled the water, placed the water in the nose and expelled the water as well. ثم غسل وجهه ثلاثا ويديه إلى مرفقين ثم غسل وجهه ثلاثا نعم and so he washed his face three times. And then washed his arms up until the elbow. Then he wiped over the head. And then he washed both of his feet three times. ثم قال رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم توضع نحو وضوء هذا and so then he said I saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم make the wudu just as I have made perform the wudu and then he made a mention and this is what we refer to in a lot of a lot of best as the shahid 
the main point of the hadith, where he mentions, Man whoever makes wudu, just as I have performed wudu, and he performs two raka'ah, whilst he does not impurify himself within those two raka'atain, anything that has proceeded from his sins are forgiven. <coughs> this is the hadith in the Uthman ibn Affan. And as for Humran, so that's for the narrators of this, then you have Humran, and it's Humran ibn Aban ibn Khalid. Humran ibn Aban ibn Khalid. And he's from the most of the part of the Tabi'een. And Uthman ibn Affan freed him. Uthman ibn Affan freed him. And thereafter, he headed towards Basra. And he died in the year 75 after the Hijrah. This is Humran. And so, as you find generally, this narrate, these narrations in, the, in this book, it will mention just the Sahabi. But you find some exceptions. This is one of the exceptions. Where it narrates, يعني, a smaller piece, or, or just one more narrator from the Isnad, from this chain of narration. And in this case, it's Humran, Ibn Abban. And... He is from the Tabi'in that narrates from Uthman Affan. As for the narrator of this, of this hadith itself, then it is Uthman ibn Affan ibn Abi As ibn Umayyah al Kurshi al Umawi. And he is the Amir al Mu'mineen wa Thalif al Khulafa al Muslimin. He was the third of the Khulafa. And he was from amongst the first to embrace Islam. So when they say, for example, Fulan Aslam, Fulan, what is meant by that? Now, essentially. So they say at the hands of this individual, yani that they receive da'wah from this individual. So Abu Bakr is Abu Bakr Sadiq gave da'wah to Uthman ibn Affan. And so thus, Uthman ibn Affan was from amongst the first to embrace Islam after yani, Abu Bakr Siddiq. And he made hijrah twice. He performed hijrah twice. Meaning how? He made the hijrah to Habasha, Nam, Abyssinia, and made hijrah to Medina. وزوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ابنته رقية فلما توفيت زوجه أختها أم الكلثوم فسمي ذا نورين and so the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم married his daughter to her to 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 him يعني رقية، his daughter رقية to 
Uthman ibn Affan. And after her death, he married her sister, yani Um Kalthum, or Um Kulthum. And so thus, this is why Uthman ibn Affan is referred to with the Laqab, Dhunurin. Referred to the Laqab, the Laqab, like this term, Dhunurin, name Dhunurin. I the one that had the two lights. And the Prophet bore witness and gave him glad tidings that he was from amongst those in Jannah. For indeed, Uthman ibn Affan is amongst the Ashur Mubashirin bil Jannah. He's amongst those that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, mentioned to be from those that are guaranteed the Jannah. The significance of that narration is that the father of these individuals that they were mentioned all together consecutively. The ten. And so due to that, it takes its precedence. Because they were mentioned one after the other. Fulans and Jannah, Fulans and Jannah, Fulans and Jannah. And due to that, from amongst of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, is that these ten that were mentioned all in one all at one time are the after the Sahaba, the best of the companions. So whilst we believe that the companions all carry virtue, our belief in relation to the companions also is that they are yani their virtue is at a tafawat, is of levels. And their virtue is not all the same. And rather the ones that carry the most virtue are the example, for example, these individuals, the Ashram Bashrid. Jannah and Uthman ibn Affan is from amongst them. And thereafter, when Uthman ibn Affan was killed on or in Muharram. Or Afwan killed on Yom al-Jum'ah after Asr on the 18th day of the Hijjah. And he was buried on the night of Yom al-Sabt, yeah, Saturday. In the year 35 after the Hijrah. And thus he was buried in Baqiyah in Medina. And so this is a, a very small biography of Sahabi Uthman ibn Affan. As for the narration itself and the Mawdu'a, the topic of the narration... The topic of the narration is the not only the manner in the wudu, and it's the sifa of the wudu, how wudu is performed, 
But also, the thawab, the reward for the one that performs wudu, and thus performs rakah attain, two rakah after that. As for the wordings of this narration, then you have from the first of the words mentioned, يعني الدعاء بالوضوء and there's a difference between wadu يعني بالفتح الواو and wudu with ضم الواو so what is the word that we generally hear wudu with ضم I wudu the action the wadu with the فتحة is referring to the water used for wudu so the wadu is referring to the water used to perform the wudu. And thereafter he mentioned the washing of the cafe, the washing of the yade. So within this narration he mentioned the washing of the yade, the two hands. What the intent here is the yaday and the cafe, the two hands up until the wrist. The washing the three times and the two hands up until the wrist. Why? Because kaf the yaday is mentioned more than once. And so it's important to distinguish between which one is which. So the first time it is mentioned, I the washing of the three times, the yaday is up until the wrist. And there it mentions thalathan. Thalathan meaning. Three times. So this is done three times. And thereafter you have the mention of the word al-wajh. The washing of the wajh. And the wajh was referring to the face. And it's taken from the word al-mawajah. Al-mawajah. You know what mawajah is? Direction now to, to direct towards something, now to to face to essentially face something, so it, it carries to say it, it's to derived from that particular word. So because in order to direct yourself towards something, you have to face it, and so this is why this is where the word is der is derived from. And thereafter, whilst there's khilaf as to whether the ears are inclusive of the face, then that which is correct and Allah Ta'ala knows best is that the ears are not included in the face. Naam, that this the face and the ears rather are included with the head. Naam. Thereafter, you have the mention of the Yadain again. Here, the Yadain is referring to the forearm. Naam, so the arm, the tip of the finger, all the way up into. The elbow. Naam, as I mentioned, Now, this word ila here, ila al-mirfaqain, as is mentioned in the ayah as well, does it mean to the elbow or to an inclusive of the elbow? Inclusive of. So, when it mentions to the elbow, it means washing up to the elbow and including the elbow as well. 
نعم thereafter it mentions the Kaabain the Kaabain the Kaabain or other man Nati'an fi mafsal al bayn al-qadm wasaq and so the Kaabain the Anku this is referring to the two bones that separate on their joint, their joints that separate the foot from the shin. Now the two bones that separate the foot from the shin. The word nahu, as well mentioned in this hadith, nahu is referring to yani mithlu, yani whoever makes wudu mithlu hadha, like this. Naam. And لا يحدث ولا يحدث then Sheikh Ufemi mentions لا يحدث فيهما نفسه that the person does not negate it doesn't do anything to negate the salah he doesn't do anything which is خارج الصلاة for example, talking. Uh, for example, talking, eating. Now, Sheikh Ahmed Najmi, he mentions here, they had the thought, yeah, they lay was whistle. There's no wiswas. So the person does not allow for the wiswas of the shaitan to affect them. And what was understood from this side, the wasabs of the shaitan to affect them to the extent that it caused them to leave the salah. Naam. An example of that would be if the person is in the salah and they believe that they have broken their wudu. They believe that they've broken their wudu. Or they pass wind, for example. However, the narration of the Messenger of Allah mentions, the person should not leave until he hears a sound or smells a smell. Some of them mention in relation due to this narration, I that is the negation here, that if the person was to leave the salah without hearing a sound or without smelling anything, that this action is in reality muharram. This action is haram to do so in such a way. Why? Because the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned that the person should not leave that salah and he's mentioned it as a nahi. He's mentioned it as a prohibition. And so due to that prohibition, it's not, it cannot now be said that the person has any right to leave the salah. Now, there are affirmations Then whoever makes wudu, miflum wudu'i, wudu'i hadha. So here we have the word wudu with the dhamma. I wudu with dhamma al Referring to the action of the wudu. As whoever performs the wudu, as my wudu. And thereafter, it mentions, ghufila lahu, yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive 
and cover the sins. Ma'atakaddam, yani that which came before. Generally speaking, when you find the Nusuls mentioning, when you find the Nusuls mentioning that the sins that are preceded will be forgiven, I heard they mention that this is generally referring to the Sagha'ir al I the minor sins. And if the person falls into the minor sin, that it will be forgiven. And no doubt, the minor sin is referring to the sins that are not from the major sins. How we define the major sins is by way of the punishments attached to it. If there's a punishment attached to it within the dunya or the akhirah. Or if it's an action where it is described that the land is upon the one that does that particular action. Right? The curse of Allah is upon the one that does that particular action. So then with this, we'd understand this to be from the major sins. Anything other than that will be regarded as being from the minor sins. And so thus, due to that, a person that embarks upon an action, falls into an action of, of minor sin, and if they do this and fulfill that which is mentioned within this narration here, then that which has proceeded will be forgiven, inshallah ta'ala. So generally speaking, when it mentions the matakadam in dhambi or ghufira matakadam in dhambi, for a particular action, it's referring to the minor sins. And that which is done by the minor sins, or that which is done from the minor sins will be forgiven due to a particular act. What is an exception to that though? Other than Tawbah. What's an exception where you say, if a person does an action, this would be a means of forgiveness, not just for the minor sins, but for the major as well. Other than Tawbah. Al-Hajj Mabrur. Naam. The Hajj which is upon righteousness and accepted. Why? Naam. Why? Because the Hajj of the one that does so, he is as if, or is, he returns from the Hajj, just as the day in which his mother gave birth to him. As we know from our Etiqad, from our creed, is that the child is born without sin. Yani, in opposition to the, the creed of the Christians, for example, who believe that the child is born with the original sin, the Muslims, we believe that the child is born without sin. And so if now we're saying the reward for the individual that performs Hajj is just like the day that his mother gave birth to him, then know that this is referring to the wiping of all sins, Suwa and Kana, Minakabail, Usra'il, whether it be the major or the minor. Allah Kullim, in reference to this narration here, then it's referring to يعني, the minor sins that Allah Ta'ala knows best. And this narration here, from its meaning, is that the Sahabi of Mad ibn Affan. He affirms, he describes, he has the wudu described. So Humran describes the wudu of Uthman ibn Affan. And then Uthman ibn Affan affirms that this is the wudu that was performed by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa So thus, when he mentions this, that he, he ascribes to the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, we know directly that this is a hadith marfu'ah. Naam, so this is a hadith which is ascribed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa why? Because he affirms that this is for how he, alayhi salatu wasalam, performed the wudu. Now, 
And so Uthman al-Afan, he narrates to us how the wudu is performed. And then he informs us after performing that wudu, the reward of it. And after the wudu is performed, he informs us of the reward for performing that particular action. Now, as well, that which you can benefit from this narration is yeah, the first of them that no doubt is from the Sunnah to teach the people. Inform and teach the people. And you teach the people by way of the fitting, by way of action. And this is what was done in this narration. Of Man ibn Affan, he taught the people about how to perform the wudu by way of his actions. The second thing we can benefit from this narration as well is that it's from the Sunnah to wash the kafein, to wash the hands before performing the wudu. And it's the Sunnah Mustahabba. The action which is Mustahab. The third, if we take from this narration as well, is the importance of using the water or taking the water with the right, the right hand, as we mentioned in this narration. Using the water, we're taking the water with the right hand. Why? Because the right hand is athar. The right hand is more pure than the left. And so let's take precedence. Likewise as well, Is that the person must wash the particular body parts that have been mentioned? And wipe the body parts that have been mentioned. And Imam Shafi'i mentioned, Rahimahullah, that it's not permissible to increase upon three times. Right, this increase upon three times is not permissible. Why? Due to the fact that the Prophet wasallam did not increase upon those three. And so a person should not do anything more than he did, alayhi salatu Who did what that which he did by way of ibadah is one of perfection. Another example of that as well is that it's not permissible for the musafir to pray yani the salah in his full, yani to pray the four rakat in the salah, other than if they're following the imam that is muqim. So if the person is traveling 
it's upon him to pray yani the salah rubaiya right, the salah made up of four rakat it's upon him to pray the the, the salah of two rakat yani rakatain and if he's praying behind an imam that is resident then he prays the four of course the reason for this is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would never pray the full the salah in full he will not pray the salah in full whilst traveling. And so if a person was to do so, then they've increased upon that, which he did. And so there's no khair in a person increasing upon the actions of the Prophet. Likewise, within this narration as well, we can benefit from it, is that Within it is an encouragement, or within it is a must that the person takes heed of the tartib, of the order in which the person performs the wudu. For indeed, this is from the wajibat. The person performs the wudu in the particular order. So he does not, he does not proceed one over the other. Also, barakallahu feekum for the benefits of this uh, of this hadith is the virtue of praying two rak'ah, rak'atain where the person does not leave it for any reason. This hadith as well can be used as a proof for the mashru'iyah for the legislate this legislated action of performing two rak'ah after performing wudu. So if the person performs wudu, then they perform two rak'ah based upon this narration. And so it's a proof for the salat of the in the voluntary prayer of the rak'ah attained for wudu. Due to the fact that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, Within that, we have the mentioning of the virtue of praying the two rak'ah. And then finally, the benefit mentioned here by Sheikh Ufaymin is what we mentioned earlier. But the thawab, the reward of that, is maghfira, yani forgiveness. And the intent of that forgiveness is the minor sins. And this is the opinion of the Jamhur al-Ulama as mentioned by here by Shaykh Ufaymin. So this is what we can yani, mention from upon this narration. Allah Ta'ala knows best. And bindillah will conclude here. Jazakum la khaira wa barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu وبارك على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين No So the, the, the salawats that are made up of four rakah you, 
you pray too. You made him as two. Now, so, um, you pray Fajr, it's, it's the same, two. Dhuhr, it becomes two. <coughs> Asr also comes two. Maghrib says the same, you pray three. And at Isha, you pray as two. No. Yeah. There's a few things with that. First and foremost, the person should always be mindful of trying to um, have the f- f- foremost concentration when you're in action of ibadah. Uh, also, the person should always be, also be mindful of the wasabis of shaitan. That the shaitan sometimes will cause the person to uh, exceed that which they need to do in, in wudu specifically. Specifically with Tahara, it, it will attack the person with this. Now, and the person has to be mindful of that. Why? Because this is from the Tariqah of the Shaitan. The Shaitan wants to cause the person to yani, doubt their wudu and doubt what they've done in their action in wudu. Why? Because then it will lead them to doubt their salah. If the person begins to doubt their salah, they begin to doubt their Islam. And if they begin to doubt their Islam, then what you find for some individuals is that they will leave off actions altogether. And leave off Iman altogether. But all but a lot of a lot of cases it begins with that. So it's important that the person is mindful of that and seeks refuge from the shayateen as well. That this is not a means a dakhal, a means of the shaitan entering upon his actions. If the, it's a case where a person is just genuinely forgetful, then like any action, or most actions, based on the qaida, that uh, So you cannot remove certainty without doubt. And likewise, you, you, you base it upon that which you're certain you did. So let's say, for example, you've washed, but you're not sure if you've done a particular action. Now, I'm... Then you act as if you didn't. If, if you have genuine doubt, then you act upon the certainty which you didn't. Didn't do it, for example. So, in that scenario, then the person would repeat. In that scenario, the person will repeat the action. Naam. But the person should not make a habit of it. This, this, is, this is not uh, the blameworthy affair. The blameworthy affair is the person knowingly exceeds free. Why? Because when they're knowingly exceeding free, they're knowingly opposing the Sunnah and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then in this case, it's, it's not from the Sunnah. Well, uh, so, no. Should I just clarify the, uh, the order and the amount for each? So, Sunnah should be done first, uh, and then the face should be two times? Yes. Four arms, three times? Yes. So, with the face, remember, it's, it's inclusive of the Mandala, which is in as well. Because that could be done three times, yeah. Uh, yes. That's once. once. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so head, wipe the head, is once. You can you can use the water more than once. Yeah. You can use the water more than once, like that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, as long as as long as the water reaches the the feet, then it's fine. No, the water reaches the feet, then it's it's fine, inshallah. To the extent that an ikhtisadian, essentially, where a person tries to be economical with the water, something which is khayr, and praiseworthy, essentially, rather than the person trying to use over, overly use water. Sheikh Ozan mentions this as well, where if you find an individual is excessive in the use of water, it brings about harm. Why? Of course it wastes water, but also it can lead the person, the mutawaddi, uh, the, the, the professor from wudu, it can lead them into a full sense of security. Because if they see all that water, some, in the mind, subconsciously or consciously, they believe, khalas, it's definitely reached everywhere. Could have seen all the water, but it could be that the fact that they're using so much water, and they've missed parts. So they've used large amounts of water on one part of the arm and then miss miss parts of it. For example, for example. So, if a person uses smaller amounts of water and they it fulfills all of the actions of the wudu, for it's kind. No, as long as the water's there, you can use it. Because it's, it's usage of the water, isn't it? The wudu is, is, is based on the water. As long as the water reaches that, then it's sufficient, inshallah. No. Ah, yes, for example, so for example, wash, so washing the hands once and washing the face once. If you're coming to the prayer, oh, they, and they, they, they already started the salah, for example. Now, Allah knows best, but then that would be that that you just fulfill the wajib in that regard. Why? Because the that which is that which takes precedence is attending the salah, and praying the salah, so and catching as much of the salah as possible. No. Oh, yeah. No, the, the three times are from the sunnah. As for if you do it all once, each action once, then suffices. No. Yeah, essentially, the the minimizing of the water is. Let's say, for example, if you did it three times, I had the three times because the, the three times in of itself is something that's mashru. So it's khair in of itself. As soon as it's mashru, it's khair. Naam. And it's, it's from the sunnah. So it's something which is legislated. So when we say, okay, the three times, you minimize it within those three times. It doesn't mean minimize it by, by means of minimizing the amount of times you do it. It means within those three, because those three are from the sunnah. So this is what we understand from that. The minimization of the water is in within those three. If now, for what, what is understood is that the person doesn't use water un, uh, unnecessarily so. The person doesn't use water unnecessarily so. Now, so for example, because they, be, they, be, they could use water, they could be washing just once, but use excessive amounts of water. I use a water that is not, it's not needed for that. Now, or... It could be a case of even for three times as well, but they use excessive amounts of water. So it's about using the water that is sufficient to, in order to fulfill that action. That's what we understand from the, the, this affair of excessiveness. One more question. You know when you no. shower? No. You shower and then you feel like now your intention is you woke up and you want to pray for your past. You know what I'm saying? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when if when it comes to wudu, it's a specific actions that are legislated, which is different from the ghusl. The ghusl, there's a specific manner in which it's legislated. However, what's understood as well is that if the person performs the ghusl and the water reaches every part of the body, then it's sufficient as well, as long as they have the intention of purification. So let's say, for example, the person's in the state of Janava, and but they have the intention of purification, and then they um, perform, or they just have a shower, generally, and the water reaches everywhere. Then their person is purified. Remember, though, if we say the water reaches everywhere, then it includes the nose and the mouth, because that's inclusive of the face. So it would have to be a case where the water has to reach every part of the body. Example that, that is generally given, and uh, often, often given, if the person was to jump into the sea with the intention of purification and it comes out, khalas. Why? Because the water would have, re would have reached everywhere. Now, nah, Allah Ta'ala knows best. In that scenario, then for Now, nah, but with the wudu, no. The wudu, the person has to perform the action as it's legislated. No. Allah no. Why, yeah? Sakhma khair. Allah Ta'ala